Welcome to my Spectrum Life podcast on May 4th, 2020. <laughs> I'm Jessica, an autism mom. Uh, with me is my good friend, Kelsey. And Kelsey, I must say, may the force be with you. May the force be with you as well. How are you doing today? <laughs> doing good. It is Star Wars Day. So I guess we have to say, may the fourth, fourth be with you. With you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I know you must be wondering why in the world are we talking about Star Wars when this is a, a podcast about autism? But we, there is a method. There is a reason for our <laughs> Star Wars mania. <laughs> and why we're sporting our Star Wars shirts today. Yep. And why I decided to be in here with my husband's um, Star Wars memorabilia. Um, it's all about that motivation. It is all about that motivation. What motivates you? Um, that's what we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. today and kind of talking about the different type of motivation. So with that said, Jess, what motivates you? What's been motivating you with being in this house right now and not being able to go out? And I hope everybody's doing well during COVID and um, really staying mm -hmm. healthy. But what is motivating you? Um, I just want to right now, my biggest motivation is to finally get everything unpacked in my new house. Um, <laughs> we are so tired of boxes. Oh my goodness. May you never see another box ever again. I know that would be so nice. And <laughs> unless it's filled with goodies that we ordered, I like those boxes. <laughs> and good. how about you, Kelsey? What's your motivation right now? Coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's actually coffee. And, um, actually getting to see my kiddos one-on-one and, mm -hmm. um, developing some of that relationships. Um, I'm really enjoying that. And that's definitely motivating me. Oh, that's good. And there is some, there's some positive coming out of this, even though um, it's hard to see, I guess. Um, so, I mean, hopefully even years down the road, we'll see more and more how this time has helped us um, and motivated us to maybe some different directions and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, so as a, I'll keep going. As a registered behavior technician, that's right. Correct. correct? The RBT. Mm -hmm. Okay. Want to make sure I got that correct. Why is it so important for us? One of the first questions I know out of the box, when you're filling out your paperwork, what is your child's interests? Right. What, why is it important to let any sort of educator or doctor or therapist know what your child may be interested in? Good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you outside the box and mm -hmm. um, it kind of explain it. If Do you know the saying that they say, make sure you get a job that you can wake up to every day and love a job and not go to a mm -hmm. nine to five job and hate it? Right. Um, it's mm -hmm. because what interests you. It's mm -hmm. what motivates you. So a, what we need to know about the child or the child that we're working with, we need mm -hmm. to know what are your, some of your favorite things, what motivates you? Because sometimes we're going to be teaching you something that is difficult to understand or a different, a difficult mm -hmm. concept. And what it does is it allows us to give you that reinforcement that you're looking for and shape mm -hmm. your behavior but we're going to do it with your favorite things. We're going to do it with your fun activities. Your, and that's natural because if you find a job mm -hmm. that you like or right. activity that you like, you don't think you're learning or you, mm -hmm. you, you don't you think you don't going. feel like a job. 
you're having yeah. fun. And yeah. us human beings are social. We like to have fun. Yes. We don't want to work. And that's the main exactly. Um, we really, mm -hmm. really want to know what reinforces you so we can shape some of that behavior mm -hmm. for you to cope um, differently in the world and be able to have right. those tools in your belt and have those tools for that student or that child. Okay, so the motivation then comes from, we use that as a reinforcer. Now, there's this thing, there's kind of this argument going. Correct. She's smiling for a reason. Positive reinforcement versus bribery. What's the difference and how can we use that? Okay. Well, let me just ask you, um, let's say you haven't had the training yet. What do you think mm -hmm. positive and what do you think bribery is? Let's, what do you think bribery is? Well, I think I was thinking about this as I was um, actually writing down show notes. I was like, you know, it's kind of like that scene in uh, Daddy Daycare. So I was having you remember the movie in Daddy Daycare and they have this child that is screaming and screaming and screaming. And when not um, not Eddie Murphy's character, but the other character would grab him, reach in his pocket and give him a dollar. Then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it, his screaming would stop. Mm -hmm. That to me is bribery. That's what I see as bribery. Mm -hmm. If you hadn't had the training, what do you think positive reinforcement is? Go back to your early years when you first heard the word. What did you think it was? At first, I thought that I was always having to find something to give to my child. Um, so I was having a hard time, you know, before doing all this. I was having, because mm -hmm. we also did um, parent-child interactive interaction therapy. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, okay, how in the world is this going to work? And... I know it was really difficult when at first the only thing we were allowed to do was like say good job or I like the way you're doing and you had to totally change your mindset and it was like okay I don't get I don't this. get this. how are we good at this and in a lot of ways that people can see that they don't quite understand it and I'm going to go ahead and use your words so you said bribery saying mm -hmm. that hey here I'm going to give you a dollar for you to stop okay so right. you are negatively reinforcing that behavior. Okay. And I'll get more right. into that. All right. And then positive reinforcement, you had to give your time. You had to mm -hmm. bribe them in some ways. If you didn't understand, that's not what positive reinforcement is. Okay. Um, positive reinforcement. And I'm going to refer back to background story. Deborah Leach um, is huge in the autism um, community. She's a, mm -hmm. uh, got her PhD in behavioral and autism, and she actually wrote a book. And it okay. is called a, Bringing ABA into Your Inclusive Classroom. Um, okay. And we actually studied this book in one of her courses because I actually took her at Winthrop University when I got my oh, nice. um, bachelor's. Nice. And she actually writes what positive reinforcement is, and I absolutely love okay. her wording. So if you mm -hmm. don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, okay. For those who do get this book, um, it's on page 52, and it's actually labeled positive reinforcement. Okay, oh, Nice. <laughs> um, as we just stated, positive reinforcement is a behavior strategy that is often misinterpreted. So that mm -hmm. key word is behavior strategy. 
Bribing okay. is not a behavior strategy. It's bribing. Mm-hmm. It's get away from me. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm getting something out of you. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a behavior strategy, but positive no. reinforcement is. But here's the key. Positive reinforcement entails delivering consequences after behavior that increases the likelihood that the behavior will occur again in the future. Bribery doesn't okay. do that. No. Now, okay. why? The first, I, I know the first thing that I'm thinking, why in the world is it calling it consequence? Ah, consequences you know, just don't mean bad. Yes, because we usually entail, you know, when we go as a parent coming into any meetings and stuff, mm. well, you know, your child's behavior is, and you immediately have your guard up because right. you're not talking. I mean, that's one of the first things I had to get out of my brain when I was um, starting to do therapy and stuff with Curtis once we found out his diagnosis. Behavior isn't meaning that he's bad. It's just the actual thing that he is doing. The action. That behavior, mm-hmm. that particular mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. which then, you know, it's the type of behavior that you either want to change or is one that you just like, you know, for instance, yep. when he is upset and he starts scripting, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just better to let him script for a while, right. even though it drives me absolutely nuts because it can be. Um, this, you know, sometimes it's just one word. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a phrase, you know, sometimes it's three movies wrapped together and it gets crazy, <laughs> but that scripting is a part of his autism, which is a part of his coping. Right. And so sometimes it's better to allow that behavior mm-hmm. so that he can get through it. So right. I guess we have to first then decide that, okay, behavior just means the action that they're doing. And consequence can be either positive or negative. It's actually the the reaction to the behavior. What so you have intrinsic extrinsic consequences like Mm -hmm. reprimanding um, things like that, and then Mm -hmm. you said it's a coping mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. So when he starts scripting, when he gets super super mad, his consequence of allowing him to do that is actually calming him down. So that's a consequence. It's self, it's auto, it's self, it's intrinsic uh-huh. motivation. Okay. Right. So consequence is anything that just follows the behavior. And a lot of times okay. it's the reaction to the behavior. Okay. So Makes sense. with that making, with that being said, positive mm-hmm. reinforcement is consequences after the behavior that increases your likelihood. So meaning okay. if you want a child to do his addition and he's struggling and it's just really hard after mm-hmm. one problem that he does it right here, here's a tangible pretzel because you've earned it because you've done your job and it's exactly how we want to do it. You didn't go right. into a meltdown. You didn't, you actually focused and went through it. So mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, I want pretzels. I want more pretzels. So what's it going to do? It's going to keep going, increase that, that behavior. And that's why we have to write down and let know what's going on and what is the uh, motivator or the, the thing exactly. that they like for that it, moment in time. Exactly. Exactly. And I just kind of want to keep going with this. Okay. It says if teachers indicate that positive reinforcement is not working, then they're actually saying that the consequences are not reinforcing for the student. Okay. Kind of think about that. You see how consequences and motivation mm-hmm. and reinforcement kind of get blended together. 
Right. And it just kind of starts with that there's a misconception with students with autism that they often require tangible or activity Mm -hmm. reinforcement. Tangible is anything that they can touch, eat, mess with. Okay. Okay. Activity would be computer time, baseball, outside, any activity that you can. Mm -hmm. However, this is not always true. Um, Students Mm -hmm. with ASD often respond well to social reinforcement and natural reinforcement. Going back to what you said, at first, it's a different shape of thinking for you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, why are you telling my child, good job? Why are you telling my child that I like the way you're doing? That's actually social reinforcement. It's natural. How many times being with a friend, we say, oh, I like that shirt. Oh, I really like how you responded to that. Or that's Mm -hmm. very well written. Good job. It's natural. That's natural and social reinforcing. Mm Um, which can actually motivate a child and it actually creates more intrinsic motivation mm-hmm. than intrinsic, um, which is your goal with kids. You okay. actually want to have more intrinsic. Um, intrinsic meaning your internal, your motivation okay. from within oneself. Um, external is anything that's outside. So that could right. be activity okay. time. That could be, um, what else? What are some of the other ones that we've seen? Um um, well, I know we, we used to earn minutes to play video games for right. or cause that was, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, go different things that he wanted to do or activities, mm-hmm. um, that he wanted to do. So those, anything that would be the extrinsic, correct? Extrinsic. Good. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so intrinsic is your internal. So for example, okay. let's say I, I do, I actually love teaching. So Mm -hmm. I wanted a teaching job. It's not a job to me because it motivates me from within. It's one of my passions. So I'm already internally motivated. So when we're working with kids or trying to shift their motivations to more internal, because as a teacher, as a parent, you always want more internal because the likelihood of them doing it more often is going to Mm -hmm. occur. Okay. Um, We'll, we create meaningful and interesting, fun activities. So let's say, for example, your child absolutely loves Star Wars. Let's bring back Star Wars. And he does. Right. He loves he does. Star Wars. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Doing um, math word problems with Star uh-huh. Wars is motivating because it's like, oh, I get to figure out how many legs go into um, right. one of the robots. This is cool. And he's yeah. actually doing math and doesn't realize he's actually applying math. Right. And so that in itself is we didn't tell him, hey, you need to go do this because you've earned mm-hmm. it. Right. And he's like, I want to do it because it's all about Star Wars. And I'm actually it's interesting. Doing yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting and it's motivating to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the biggest thing for all, any kind of motivators to work. Right. You know what the biggest one, number one thing is? Mm. The big word is meaningful. If it's not meaningful, meaningful you're not going to do it. Like, I don't yeah. care about accounting. I don't care about mm-hmm. doing taxes. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I don't do taxes. Guess who does it? I let somebody else do taxes because they mm-hmm. like it. They like doing that. Right. Well, you have fun. There, there's yeah, your strength. Exactly. That's your uh-huh. strength. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And sometimes when we ask you about those interests, mm-hmm. what do we ask? What are some of your child's strengths? What does he like in math? What does he like reading in math? Right. What does he like to read? Because that can help us be able to adapt and put it within and eventually mm-hmm. have fun right. and learn at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's, I know it's always been like a struggle to get Curtis to read sometimes. 
And so we were always trying to find things that um, he wanted to read about. So dinosaurs, I mean, that, that, that was mm-hmm. a big thing for a while. But then the dinosaurs transitioned into dragons when he and he got a hold of that Wings of Fire series. Oh. Absolutely loves it. I know. Loves right. those kind of books. And so we would, you know, oh, okay, well, if you do this, that's one of the things I found to be a motivator. Right. Um, if you do this, I'll get you the next Wings of Fire book. Worked. So, okay, so um, thinking about the motivation. So right. if we, how do we keep a child? Okay, so for instance, Curtis is really into Minecraft. He, we were using it as a motivator to for positive behavior for mm-hmm. completing tasks and stuff. But it's come, it's from become the motivator and in, has now turned into a almost an obsession, Correct. an absolute obsession. So how how do you, how does a parent navigate that area? <laughs> <laughs> It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. <laughs> it is. Um, that's why when you do have a reinforcement schedule or a reinforcement mm-hmm. um, motivator, any kind of motivator, there's called mm-hmm. a procedure called in, uh, prompt fading and fading out those reinforcements. Um, okay. It's okay to start off with a tangible um, mm-hmm. reinforcer such as that or an activity. Um, reinforcer, but eventually slowly, but surely you slow down that time and you start going to that natural and that social reinforcement as that skill becomes more mastered. So it really Mm -hmm. goes back at to your purpose. What are you trying to get out of it? Um, and that's where you have to be careful with reinforcement and motivation, because you have to make sure you're not reinforcing the escaped motivated behaviors because if that's the case you're negative reinforcing that behavior meaning you're removing something unpleasant Mm -hmm. and rewarding that behavior that you don't want and it's not that's not always the truth but you Mm -hmm. know that's where you pull an outsider looking in and things like that Mm -hmm. to kind of discuss it and this is where you have your colleagues this is there's a lot of moving parts um but i really do suggest alternating motivators just don't mm. stick with one. Um, oh, hey, yeah, you did um, Minecraft yesterday. What are you working for today? Um, right. What, let's list your favorites to your 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 least and start right. using this. Um, we actually, um, with Curtis, we actually did it with some of my other clients. I, I do it in my kiddos classes too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe once a month is a Friday of a movie day. They don't right. know which day. Right. But other times, well, we need to go outside. Okay, that's not your best motivator, but let's go outside. Well, I want to stay back. Well, let's try this day and this day. And I kind of move it so it doesn't mm-hmm. become a routine. A routine. And, just, okay. and that's where we have to know your least mm-hmm. to your most reinforcer that day and kind of put you on a schedule. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm working on um, revamping that as I am trying to do some of these things that I've learned in ABA without having ABA because I'm still trying to get services. And I know that's something that, you know, while a parent, while you wait for ABA services, 
it's hard to figure out what you can do to keep a child doing things that are beneficial rather than, you know, hurting right. themselves or right. hurting others, um, going into constant meltdowns, that kind of thing. Um, so having a list, I guess, of motivators mm-hmm. that you can switch up mm-hmm. is something that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know that it's not just the kid we have to motivate. Correct. Us as parents, we have got to stay motivated. So in a an ABA setting, what does what does you know parental involvement in the ABA setting, how much do you need the parents to be involved? What what level I know what the answer is, but I'm trying to get <laughs> What, how, what does it look like for in an ABA uh, setting for parental involvement to get the most out of the ABA therapy? Honestly, I think it's based on the dynamics of the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have too much, sometimes you have too less, but we really want a lot of parent involvement because right. they're part of it because mm-hmm. we come and go. We, right. we have to teach the child just as much as you. It's mm-hmm. a shape... It's literally ABA is the shaping of your thinking and which causes your behavior to be different. Right. So it's literally the shaping of your thinking. Right. Um, so that being said, we want as much parent involvement and involvement can just be open communication sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just saying, right. for example, hey, I noticed that he got up 10 minutes later today. Um, he may mm-hmm. be a little off, which right. gives us the insight to, okay, I can't push them as hard today. I'm reading you a little bit because ABA therapists actually read their clients. We right. read the parents, we read, and we're learned to pay an attention to these different ratings because it gives us clues about how that day is going to go. Um, it right. gives us clue what might cause a meltdown. What do we push you that today? Because mm-hmm. they're humans. They are a child yeah. first. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't connect with them or motivate them just within your own relationship with them, Mm-mm. you're not going anywhere. Yeah, no, you're not. So we encourage it. We love those who have open communication. Um, we love those who um, also respect boundaries. Um, right. There's been times where a parent has stepped in and hasn't allowed us to put forth our own boundaries with this kid. Right. So when a parent steps in and this kid's having a meltdown, we just lost everything that we were working with that, that mm-hmm. child, even if it was negative, because sometimes you have to have some of those negatives to be able right. to fix and mm-hmm. build that trust up. Um, and sometimes parents step in too much. So having open communication and respecting those boundaries, because mm-hmm. there's been times where I'm like, I need help with the parents um, today because look, I'm even struggling on a personal level because we bring our own baggage within and you try not to, but Mm -hmm. we're all humans and we bring it in and they're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, so that's what I've taught. Like, for example, I've taught my kids. I have open relationship with my kids, um, Mm -hmm. open communication. Cause when I teach in the classroom, I'm like, Hey guys, I'm struggling because yesterday I just had a really rough night. I'm not going to go in the details, but I had a really rough night. So if I seem a little quieter today, that's why. What ultimately what has happened is my kids go, hey, Miss K, I really need help with this. 
do you, I have a headache or I have this and this going on in my life. Right. Do you mind if you take it easy on me today? And I'll tell them yes or no, because mm -hmm. they give me that same respect, but they're also, I'm giving that same respect. And that goes along with the parents as well. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. Open. So that would translate the same in education as well. Would mm -hmm. you say? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I know one of the things that, um, you know, being one of the things that really helped um, for us, I think, was that we we were always in constant communication about <laughs> pretty much everything. I loved it. Um, I loved it. We tried. I mean, for education for a while, I was emailing, you know, specific staff members when he was at a brick and mortar almost daily. Mm -hmm. How Curtis even slept. Right. And one of the things that I, I still email, um, even though we do the virtual schooling, I still email teachers a lot about what's mm -hmm. going on with Curtis. If we're facing this, what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, for instance, in his language arts class, we are going through a book that has so much. It's rich in figurative and descriptive language, but the idioms Oh my goodness, they're so regional. It's not even funny. And he just, he's like, I don't get this. So I'm having to really work with him to help him understand it. We right. were talking to the teacher about that. And she's like, work with mom, let her help you. Let's right. do the best we can and push through because you're just almost done. So, you know, having that type of um, communication on a good level is great. Now, one of the things I've seen, the other thing that is like paramount is consistency. Yes. And I will be in yes. therapy at home and at school to make sure that you're communicating so you can stay consistent all the way around. And I can tell you, I will be first up. It's hard. It's hard to be consistent. It I is. am not ever 100% consistent. Life happens. It does. Um. So as a parent, I myself to try to keep me motivated to be consistent, to help in all of the, all of the stuff that's going on. Um, I have to make, I mean, the first thing I think is I have to give myself some, um, uh, some leeway, some grace, knowing that life happens. Um, I realized that, um, that with the consistency, there's going to be some benefit. There's going to be beneficial results in that the more consistent I am, the more the behaviors are going to change. Um, the one of the things that I know that is so helpful for me is to ask for data that I can see those graphs. Mm -hmm. The visual. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. When I saw graphs from, um, the school and stuff and from ABA, it was so much easier to be able to see what's going on. And I also have to realize and tell myself that the changes in behavior are not going to happen overnight. And that's with any child, right? Neurotypical or uh, neuroatypical. Now we have a question, uh, from a friend of mine, actually, um, mm -hmm. Jennifer. Hi. Uh, she asks, is this issue motivation one of the markers for autism? My kid's school gives frequent, quote, carrots 
unquote, to encourage the kids to complete tasks, which is very foreign to me and my husband, both Gen Xers, and are intrinsically motivated and don't care about extrinsic factors. My kid doesn't have the ASD diagnosis yet, but so many traits are coming out much more strongly during the quarantine. Thanks, ladies. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, go for it, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, um, according to the DMS-5, um, mm-hmm. motivation is not a marker for autism um, mm-hmm. just because it's not a marker for any diagnosis, actually, or medical or right. educational diagnosis. Um, motivation is more um, a consequence um, right. to encourage or decourage a behavior um, that mm-hmm. you're actually wanting to increase or decrease. Uh-huh. Um, with that being said, um, with the studies of education and how I've gone through the studies of education, we actually had to study some psychology uh-huh. and understand. Um, right. Jennifer, I don't know how old your kid is. Um, however, intrinsic motivation mm-hmm. is taught. It's not, or it's not taught, excuse me. Intrinsic motivation is not taught. Right. Um, it's actually a developed skill over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easier to, yeah, <laughs> nine, nine okay, so that's awesome. Right. Okay. Um, so she replied back and he's nine and a half, which is about right. This is about where you're mm-hmm. going to see that intrinsic motivation and some kids don't have it, um, right. which is okay. Um, it's why I really dislike telling kids that they're lazy because it's not, it's just a skill that they have not perfected and it's right. very hard to teach. Um, very hard to teach. Um, and, but, and so some kids are just more Mm -hmm. intrinsic motivated and just want more of those activities. I will, um, it does goes with executive functioning defect. Oh yes. 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 Executive. Yes. That's a biggie. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think we just found another topic. (laughs) <laughs> executive functioning deficit. Um, it goes it's underneath big. that umbrella. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, there's, you could put two people are, uh, people in three separate categories. One who has a balance uh-huh. of both, um, ones uh-huh. who have more intrinsic and one who has more intrinsic. Those who uh-huh. tend to have intrinsic, um, motivation tend to be the ones who work from home and they don't have it. Um, I love mm-hmm. teaching because I love the social rea- rea- interreaction, uh, react, interaction, social rea- right? Correct. And I love being around people that's intrinsic. Uh-huh. Like, so that's mm-hmm. my motivator. That's so right. there's different ones and it's, that's why it's not really characteristic of the DMS five, but it's again, right. a two-year-old is not going to have intrinsic motivation, Mm-hmm. whereas maybe a 16 year old is. And that's why you see the different, I'm going in on a tangent, but that's why you see the different levels of work um, mm-hmm. for students. That's why you see with everything floating around from the state of department of South Carolina, where I live, they say right. you only want one to two hours for K through five middle school, three to four hours of work. And then high school, maybe five or six, because that's all you can handle. And that's just right. motivation. And that's your own it's, it's going more mm-hmm. into the psychology side of it. Um, I hope mm-hmm. 
that answers your question, Jennifer. Um, I think you, as Jennifer said, or Jennifer, wow, as Jessica said, um, I really do think that's going to be our next topic or maybe one of our oh, yeah. podcasts for executive functioning deficits. That's a good that's, one. That's a huge one. Um, I know that uh, I have to look into that and there are so many things that I have to try and teach because they're just not there. Um, but, and that's one of those things that you have to, work on and those motivation factors can mm-hmm. help with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being uh, consistent across the board with your therapies and wherever you go. Because um, right. one of the things, one of the, um, using the proper motivators and having, I know what it was a while ago, when we were still in South Carolina, um, we mm. used to have a behavioral contract. We would, Correct. this is, yeah, this is, this is kind of a protocol that we did and it shows exemplifies why consistency across the board, wherever you go is really important mm-hmm. um, and has taught some of these skills. Um, and I, this may fall under executive. I'm not executive functioning. You can tell me when I get done with my little story here. Anyway, so we would have to find, sign a behavioral contract. Um, you'd have to say, uh, I'm going to do these things. And if I do these things, then I will get X, Y, and Z. But we had a, um, little board, um, for tokens. And so I would go into church and, um, I would give the token board or I would check in with the, I would either give the token board or I would check in with the teachers following Sunday school and then following church service. Um, I mean, cause you can't really give a token board to a teacher at school mm-hmm. that didn't work. Um, but knowing we, we kind of all stayed on the same kind of idea with something as a token board, they were using token system at school. And so I used it at home and then we used it at church. And, um, before we, you know, would get out, I would check with, with, um, his teachers and they would tell me yes or no. He would at school, they had some farm animals. And so mm-hmm. one of his things was to go and visit the farm animals um, at church. If he got all of his tokens and we'd go home and he'd watch, you know, a certain movie or whatever. And when we were able to use that kind of a system all across the board, it set him up for um, success right. and has gotten some things. And even though, um, I would currently say that Curtis is digressed. Hmm. He still, even though he's digressed a little bit, he still has the capability of using his words to tell us you were not specific enough or you didn't right. do this. I need this. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I should do that. Thank you for telling me. So he's able to even verbalize that now, That's which awesome. is a huge, huge. It is huge. And those are the kind of things that as parents, it may seem like, you know, the most minor insignificant thing, but as it is major. And so that's one of the things that we have to take as, as parents, um, uh, that there was, I mean, something that seems minor to the outside world. It's a major victory for us. And so we have to be thankful for those. And that's those things that I'm like, yes, that's a motivator right there. That's my parental motivator is to see these positives. And sometimes, you know, it does take a teacher or a therapist to draw a graph 
to show me, yeah, he's making progress. And yeah. so that's a, those are big made motivators for me in therapies and stuff. Yeah, I like that. And just kind of go in a little bit more depth um, from what I'm hearing, how you talk about is you are able to keep open communication about your child um, mm-hmm. and you're able to realize that your kid has behaviors, but he's not a bad kid. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that sometimes in the educational field, um, I'm not blaming anybody, but I think that there's a misconception Um, Mm -hmm. when we talk about having to put a behavior goal on an IEP or have to Mm -hmm. put, um, some of your behaviors on a behavior contract, it doesn't mean your kid is bad. It literally means we need that data. Um, we Mm -hmm. need to show what are his motivators? What are his reinforcers? What Mm -hmm. we actually have to have a plan in place to keep that consistency in the gen ed Mm -hmm. courses in the stay of contain, um, to be able to put this in a nice formal document to send over to your other therapies. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I struggle with that with parents a lot. Um, right. With my three years of teaching, um, I've talked to some of my colleagues and even some of my colleagues um, have stated that there's a misconception that there's not enough open communication oh, yeah. between mm-hmm. parents. Um, and um, she ended up saying, too, is that um, some of the parents are not motivated to be involved as much just mm-hmm. because the school has taken over so much to teach. Yeah. Um, and I see that a good bit. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I will let him know. That's awesome progress. Um, I have always worried too about when the endless list of what maybe bribes or positive reinforcers would end. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I didn't want to break the bank with all the tangibles. Right. Um, right. so that's one of the things I was talking, I would talk to my ABA, my BCBA about make sure that we could, um, eventually cycle these um tangibles you want to do yeah to back to where you know we're at a point now that um curtis understands he has to get everything done for the day and he'll specifically ask what do i have to get done for today and we write his list out and he knows okay when i finish this list and i get my chores done then i can do video games if i've earned it and so i don't have to necessarily you know give a tangible and so it's taken quite a while to have that, but it's a it's definitely a process mm-hmm. to get those um, the what is it the, ex, the ex yeah the external to the internal kind Correct. of reward. So and, I mean it's natural because mm-hmm. you ultimately want to move uh, go from tangible to natural enforcement because think about what motivated you as a ten year old or a five year old yeah. it changes. Mm-hmm. Then think mm-hmm. about it when it when it how it motivates you at a sixteen year old. Okay, I'm twenty nine. Yeah. I'll go and tell my age. I'm twenty nine. I'm a baby, and <laughs> what motivated me at age twenty nine did not motivate me. What motivated me in college, right? And going back on that, what motivates me now is okay. I've done all my work today because I am not that mm-hmm. type of person to be working from home. I will state that now, and it is so hard. Right. And I remember being on okay. Oh, I get to play one of my favorite video games, but I got to get this, 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 and this done. And that's part of the executive um, functioning skills. Correct. And for those who don't 
I'm going to go ahead and state it. For those who don't know what executive functioning skills are, it's a um, group of cognitive process that regulate and control and manage your other cognitive processes. So your metacognitive thinking, you're thinking about thinking, you're Mm -hmm. um, regulating how your day is going to go, that that list. That's why the boards work. That's why visual representation works. That's why Mm -hmm. you've you've ultimately taught him intrinsic. So he's going Mm -hmm. from this type of thinking to right. this type of thinking and you put it back on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Having it some sort of planner. I mean, for him, he has an electronic planner that shows him exactly mm-hmm. what he's supposed to get for done for today, his life lessons, that kind of stuff. And so he's able to having that in front mm-hmm. of him and somebody make that planner for him or make that list for him right. has then helped him to kind of remember to ask for it. Exactly. And I remember working so, with a two-year-old, a two-year-old, mm-hmm. their attention span is what, maybe one minute, two minutes. <laughs> of course, you're going to want more of that tangible uh-huh. and like here, have a mm-hmm. reading time or activity and go on and everything. Oh, Jennifer Beaton says, please tell me what you use for your planner. Uh, this planner is actually with in our um, education system because we're with uh, what's called Connections Academy. Um, But I think you can probably do something like that with, say, your Google Planner or Mm -hmm. different things. I haven't, although I will say um, I use more of a planner on my iPhone (laughs) versus um, a Google Planner. Um, But yeah, I was really... um, it's one of the systems they have. A, it's Connexus is their system that they use. And it just, it automatically runs a schedule and everything for you. So it's it's part of the suite of their school system that runs that. And then I myself just make a list that he could see. Um, my students actually use my homework planner. Um, it's an actual okay. app and they actually can schedule when they need to do it. So it sets an alarm off and okay. it sets reminders off for them. And oh, that's cool. And color code. And parents can add chores to it and other things. So it's called My Homework Planner if it's on an app. Um, my so it works for Android and um, iPhones, by the way. Ooh, so, yes. even better. I like it. And it's my age homework. appropriate for nine and a half. Um, because oh, a good. lot of times my sixth graders, which is about 10, 11. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to watch Music. that, whether it's actually age appropriate so many times. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. So glad that was um, helpful to you, Jennifer, um, and that we could answer that question. But we will also make sure the name of that app is in the show notes um, so that if you didn't catch that, you will be able to um, look at that at a later time. But I think um, that is about all we have for today um, or this podcast. Any um <laughs> Yes, my I don't know if y'all heard that. <laughs> my husband's in the background here saying, I'm going to go watch me some Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I have to say that I think my kids are probably like, come on, mom, hurry up. We want to watch Star Wars. Um, so um, any final thoughts, Kelsey? Just keep open communication between all. That includes your kids and find those motivators and use them. Yeah. Use them. Yep. So. We will say, as we always do, with a lot of faith, 
Oh, whoops. I guess we got to do this too. <laughs> My husband's always reminding us. Of we stuff. got Star Wars. May the force be with you. I'm so yes. ready to watch some of it too. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at My Spectrum Life. And how about Instagram? Kelsey? My Spectrum Life and Twitter.com, My Spectrum Life One. And you can always email us at Info. Thank you. <laughs> At uh, myspectrumlife.com. Man, we have got Star Wars on the <laughs> brain. <laughs> if there's any uh, any other topics that you would like for us to talk about, please email us at info at myspectrumlife.com or ask us any questions. Shoot us an email. Um, looks like we will be one here shortly. We will dive into some executive functioning skills, what that is and how to help with that. Um, but for now, remember with a lot of faith, a whole lot of love and a bunch of them fidget toys, <laughs> we're all going to make it through this. We Thanks y'all.